That is the second time that yeah, I have asked a question a and then sign. hung up. Why am I doing this? <laughs> no, that feels like a no. me problem. There are good movies and there are great movies, but that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. You've been dwarfed. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? Last week, we had a very special one-off episode in honor of our 200th episode doing this. Holy shit. We're immortal. We watched The Toxic <laughs> Avenger, an absolute classic of the shitty cinema genre, yeah. um, in which we had some kind of mixed opinions on. Yeah, you were wrong. We all agreed. Yeah, it's sad, but true. <laughs> so, you know what? That is a classic of the genre, but this month we wanted to get back to our own areas of expertise, and I, I think this is kind of just Dave month, because... <laughs> It is now Blade Month. We're watching everything related to goddamn Blade. And holy yeah, shit, boy. am I so fucking excited. I'm I watch so most excited. of these on any given month anyways. Yes. So. <laughs> Blade, I miss having cable because the frequency of which a Blade movie would just be playing at any point in the day, kind of like Law & Order SVU, where I have like three channels where I have a, I'm going to say a 33% chance one of them is going to be playing that. And if I want to clean my house to Blade or Law and Order, I can do that. It's probably TNT. So like Dave said, we kind of had a three-week month given our 200th episode leading off. So what better fucking way? I can't think of a better trilogy than Blade. So this week we started (laughs) out with Blade 1, the best Blade, obviously. I mean, okay, when I say the best Blade, I mean... The most palatable for the masses. That is the most enjoyable. All the available options. Normal people like this one the best. We need to have that discussion at the end of the month. What's our best blade? Okay, I hope we all three have different answers. But Blade (laughs) 1 is one of those that, like, it was commercially successful. Everybody loved it. All right, Casey, before we get ahead of ourselves, you need to give us an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. Uh... You're out for a night on the town. You're checking out some new clubs. This one's in the back of a meat market, which is a little bit weird. But hey, it's not the strangest place you've partied before. So whatever. No, it is not. (laughs) That is not a joke. It is not. So the lights have just come up on the DJ booth. You notice there's a huge sign behind him that says bloodbath. Don't really know what that is. But unfortunately for you, it means you're about 10 seconds away from the sprinklers turning on and raining down blood on top of you. Disgusting. Oh, no. I hate bodily fluids. And you absolutely messed up. You are white to the club. What were you thinking, girl? No, I would not. I I have a period. Everything. it, It could be a bloodbath at any point. I don't own white clothing for that reason. But sure, let's suspend disbelief. Let's just say, like, maybe I just had a hysterectomy and I'm going to go full Tampax commercial and play (laughs) tennis in white. Sure, Dave. Good. Excellent. So, in the 10 seconds before the heavens open up and the blood rains down, sell us on this movie. Oedipus Snipes, vampire hunter, saves a woman who looks like his mom just to kill his real mom and his step, Stephen Dorff. He's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. I'm only talking about Snipes. 
Nine seconds. <laughs> oh man, so glad wow. you brought up the Oedipus shit because yeah, the Oedipus shit, that. the Shaft vibe, like it was just like Shaft vampire hunter. <laughs> Shaft Van Helsing? Yeah. Shaft Van Helsing, very much so. And I fucking love it. I wish we would have leaned more. I feel like if we could have gotten a little Rudy Ray more in there, it would have been the perfect film. Before we analyze Blade too much, let's go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. Dear Marvel, please take a note. This is how you do a superhero origin story. The whole thing is three minutes long. Blade's mom died giving birth to him after getting bitten by a vampire. 30 years later, he's a bad motherfucker that shoots and stabs vampires shaft style, all without a single fucking word of exposition. Not one. Don't need it. Not only that, Jay, but the main tension starts right off the bat. See, Blade doesn't fully kill one of the vampires, who then wakes up in the hospital and attacks a hematologist, unfortunately named Karen. Yeah, and don't worry, the whole hematology will thing will be relevant later. That's a blood doctor, for those of you that don't know. Vampire movie, blood doctor. Oh. What? Right? Blade shows up to save the day and takes pity on Karen by bringing her back to the Blade cave. And by cave, Dave means an old train yard where Blade's Q equivalent Whistler outfits his hunting. And Whistler's basically Q if Q was a Vietnam vet with a penchant for shooting people in the face. If Q only listened to CCR, that's who Q would become. (laughs) (laughs) So Whistler's all, Karen, time to dip. Also, get yourself a gun. Not because it will protect you from the vampires, but if you find yourself turning, you can blow your fucking brains out with dignity, (laughs) which is just a mood. And then he stops doing what he's doing, turns around and just starts working on making more weapons. See, that's because there's a young upstart vampire called Deacon Frost who's upsetting the old order. Frost doesn't give a rat's ass that he's not a pureblood vampire and figured out an old vampire prophecy to summon the blood god. Blade uses Karen as bait to track down the vampires and steals some tech from the fat nerdy vampire and learns about Frost's plan. And Karen steals some tech from the hospital that she worked at. Remember when we said she's a hematologist? Well, so the B-plot of this is that Blade's vampiric thirst is only held off by a secret serum that's becoming less effective. And since Karen doesn't want to become a vampire, for obvious reasons, uh, she cures herself using technology and then before though she can make a serum for blade she stops to show that a popular anticoagulant makes vampire blood act like c4 such stupid heavy-handed foreshadowing and i love it so goddamn much. hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah oh i wonder what's gonna happen with this <laughs> While Blade is out, Frost shows up, mercs Whistler, and runs off with Karen. Frost needs Blade alive, because the ancient prophecy says that only the blood of the Daywalker can bring about the blood god. Blade murders his way into the trap and gets captured. Along the way, he learns that Frost killed his mother and turned her into a vampire that has been helping Frost the whole time. He's his stepdad! Yeah, I guess. Right, He's his vamp daddy. Blade has a really weird relationship with his stepdad, I guess. Frost successfully completes the ritual, even though Karen escapes death and rescues Blade. Exhausted and without his serum, Blade accepts Karen's offer to drink her blood and unleashes the cat that won't cop out when danger's all about. (laughs) Blade cuts his way through Frost's remaining flunkies and faces off against the man himself. Blade cuts Frost in half, but now that he's the blood god, he can use the power of late 90s CGI to pull himself back together. It's so bad. It's very Mortal Kombat. (laughs) It really is. It really is. Mortal Kombat was playing on a TV in this. 
It's in the background of a scene. It was owned by the same yeah. production company. I yeah. love it. Frost toys with Blade until Blade finds the vials that Frost thought were his serum. Too bad for Frost, it's the anticoagulant vampire exploder instead. Some motherfucker's always trying to ice skate uphill. You were just waiting for that, weren't you, Dave? Yeah, I was, yes. Okay. <laughs> just like David S. Goyer. Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill was a comment that Wesley Snipes said in just like a meeting when they were going over the script talking about other shit. And the writers and loved it so much. The director, David S. Goyer, yeah, loved yeah. it so much that he's like, we got to get this into the fucking script somewhere. And he decides <laughs> to have it be the cap off line of the ultimate villainous battle. Again, that line is some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> yes, I agree. I love this line so much. This line has lived rent free in my skull since I saw it in theaters in 1998. Can I just take a minute to break down this line? Because it's it's an important please, moment of this please. film. Please, yeah, no, let's see if it feels important to you. It's go very on. important because first of all, devoid of any context in the film, <laughs> this metaphor is a lot of goddamn work. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> You got to take a minute to really process through yeah. it. Like, okay, ice skating uphill would be difficult. He's saying, okay, I get it. I'm with you. I'm up to speed now, Wesley. But in context of the movie, it doesn't make sense either. <laughs> he summoned the blood god. He's very obviously ice skating downhill, Wesley. Yeah, right. He's, right. he's got superpowers now. <laughs> I don't understand what you're talking about. I Okay, I'm going to contest that again the initial, you really got to break it down and think about it. I don't. This is shit my family says all the time. Okay. So I'm used to just <laughs> instantly drawing meaning of from meaningless or nonsensical shit. So that wasn't a challenge. Secondly, I think he was talking about the amount of work that Frost was putting in just to get murdered at the end. Because Wesley never had a doubt <laughs> That he was going to win. He's just like, you're going through a lot of fucking work just to get murdered the same way all your little friends did. All right. Yeah. That's, that's how I read. took it. I like it. I, I, I will accept that interpretation just because I love that idea that faced with fucking the blood god, Blade is still just like, yeah, well. I'm the main character. My name's on the movie. So, like, <laughs> I'm really sorry you studied ancient Sumerian language forever just to get it your ass beat. So... Can I improve this movie slightly? Yeah, please. I wish that they wouldn't have written any lines for Wesley Snipes and just <laughs> let him off the cuff because I trust him. And it's 1998. Honestly? Yeah. And I, yes. I just trust him implicitly to make more things like that happen and he would have done fantastic i wish he would have had more lines like i've i'm not a blade head i've never read the comics or anything like that Don't. i just want yeah. more <laughs> wesley snipes all the time talking to me yeah no part of this movie holds the original source material in its heart it basically just steals a skin color and a character name and that's a very good thing because the original blades are kind of like 
old school 70s sort of black exploitation feel. Like the dude looks like Luke Cage. It's not a it's not a yeah. good outfit. No. Oh, I was getting Shaft vibes hard. Oh, yeah. yeah the absolutely. whole time. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, but I feel like this movie did a good job of capturing elements of that, but also updating it for a more modern for 90s look and feel. Okay, let's talk about the 90s look and feel. Because oh, yes, let's do it. A, this was 1998. This mm-hmm. was a really formative time in my life. I, all I wanted to do was go to a rave, not where one where blood sprinkled out of the sprinkle system. Oh, God, no. I don't. No. Mm, no. No, 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 no. That is the worst thing ever. I don't like no. blood. It should be in you only. This is exactly all I wanted in the world. Like that fucking the meat factory rave. I wanted to go to a fucking speakeasy rave so bad. Everything was perfect. The outfits on point. Everybody like most everybody's in white. You have the bra tops. You have like the spiky, pokey, greasy hair. Oh, my. Everything was perfect. And let me also say the soundtrack for Blade fucking bangs to this day. To this day. I will fight you in the street. You love the house techno from the 90s? I love huge. Bigly. Yeah. Bigly, I do. This Blade is an extremely 90s movie. And if you didn't <laughs> live through it, just as some context, in the 90s, Grim Dark was a fucking plague on superheroes in yeah. particular. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But in Blade, it works. And I think it's something that gets missed by a lot of movies before and a lot of movies that came after this because everybody in Blade is a fucking grim, dark, edgy, cool guy. But that doesn't mean that they don't emote. Everybody right. still has moments where they get a little big, they get a little quieter. I Honestly, one of my personal favorites, right at the beginning of the movie when Blade's in a hospital fighting vampires and the cops show up and shoot him instead of the vampire, and yeah. Blade just looks to camera and gives a motherfucker what? <laughs> yes, again, that wasn't Blade, that was Wesley Snipes. That was just like him showing up. If I could have had a little bit more of Bobby, his character from the fan, injected into Blade, I would be the happiest camper ever. Also, (laughs) can we talk about when he is at the hospital in that beginning scene and he's saving Karen? He fucking throws her out a window onto another roof of like, eh, she's going to be dead or a vampire soon. So, I mean, what's a few more broken bones? Down like six fucking floors. Yeah, no, it's a lot. It's not like, oh, this is like across a four lane street (laughs) onto a neighboring building, but it's not the same height. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. I was upset for her. I absolutely adore the dialogue in this movie. It's so terrible and cheesy and grim, dark and awful. But I do love that every character still has a character. They're not all playing the same edgy shitlord. Yes. Yeah, so there's a scene in the beginning that they never it's it's a one-off scene and it it's one of the, my favorite scenes of the movie. It really has nothing to do with the plot and it's a character building moment for Blade where he goes to a supplier to get this this garlic serum that he uses as part of the the serum to prevent his vampiric thirst and he yeah. has a moment with the man in the back room where they hug and they express like affection for each other and it's really genuine and I I really enjoy that scene because even though it's dark it's the the finding each other in the darkness and like helping him fight the good fight and it it fucking works incredibly well to tell us about Blade in in an emotional way 
while also Making having him, him vulnerable. Be a dark badass. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a great scene. It gives us both this like little bit of character building on Blade himself that like, oh, wow, even though he's this like, you know, edgy, super strong, I'm like the wall standing against the vampires. He still has some sort of community around him that he's right. connected with. It implies this like uh, darker under subculture that's going on. Like, oh, the vampires are all around us and you can just be walking down the street and walk past a shop that sells vampire juice. Like, it's, right. It's an element that I really, really enjoy. Yeah, I love how it builds into the mythos. You're you're spot on, Dave. I need to back up again. I know I keep bringing us back to the bloodbath, but we're not talking about the opening scene starring Madame Tracy Lords luring a human to a, a vampire-only club. And as they're walking through the meatpacking place, they're seeing all, like, they're walking by these dead, like, hanging cows. They actually kind of set up the later movies because there is a human in, like, a Capri Sun bag. And the guy's yeah. like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, I didn't even think about I haven't seen Blade 1 in a long time. And I was like, oh, my God, they do that later. Cute. <laughs> anyway, Tracy Lords brings this guy back to the club and apparently he's the only human. They only bring one human at a time. I guess so. I mean, yeah, I think he was the only human in that particular club. Or just maybe there's some more like in a back private room. Like the other people don't want to share. Tracy's the only one that brought snacks for everyone else. It, yeah, like she's the only one that brought a passing dish, like the invitation said. And right. God bless her. She's the only thing keeping us alive. But that was such a great fight scene because... This guy is getting fucking just like harassed by vampires. He doesn't get bit. He's sprayed in blood and they're like, ah, we're going to lick ya. And Blade shows up and everyone's like, oh, fuck. And Blade just absolutely destroys. And it's a great fight because it's not like a ninja fight where it's like one at a time. Like he's fucking people up with the sword, with themselves. It's beautiful. He's got his little throwing, I don't know, boomerang. What is it? Oh, what is the, that weapon? Uh, it's a it's a dual curve knife that absolutely would not in any way do what he does with it, but I don't give a shit because it's fucking sweet. Let's go through that opening bloodbath sequence in the club in a little bit more detail because I absolutely adore this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's because... It's such a hard R comic book film, and they're willing to do such dark shit in it. You could, there's absolutely no way you can have this in the modern age under a Marvel brand anymore. Oh there's God, no. no way they're no. gonna allow it. So, like, just during that opening sequence in the club, we have one of our uh, our our beeline villains, Quinn, in a background shot for no apparent reason, getting a blowjob on a couch, just to establish the setting that we're in and every time I watch this movie I just try and imagine someone fighting to get that made today <laughs> I growing up watching this movie I fucking hated him so much number oh, one he's a great villain to hate though. yeah 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 yeah, yeah no he's, hate him. he's so right? hateable because he's like the Ryan Dunn of the Steven Dorf jackass group yes. where you're yes. you're I don't want to say rooting for him to die because then I get canceled <laughs> like Amy Schumer, but you are. Quinn, Quinn is one of my favorite running gags in this movie yeah. because he adds a very needed bit of levity to the vampire side. Everybody yes. takes themselves so seriously. And it's one of the things I love about this movie. They don't feel a need to like wink and nod and make jokes about how stupid the plot is. Right. They understand the plot stupid, but they still take it seriously. But Quinn, with this running joke of Blade continuously cutting off his hands and him just being a dumbass, <laughs> is so much fun to break up the movie. He's just going like, fuck, man! 
I just grew this back. Like, <laughs> he loves to cut up Quinn. God bless him. I also think Quinn does a lot of work for the film because, like, otherwise you have Deacon, who's like this rebel, but um, Anne Rice-ish, uh, evil vampire, and then you have the old traditional vampires, and it it would leave it stale if you just kind of had those two, but having Quinn in there as the dumb party guy that keeps getting his arms cut off builds a really kind of uh, deeper, more interesting vampire. I don't know. I just also really very nineties feel. Yeah, very nineties. Is feel. he's a very ninety sure. like the Stifler vampire <laughs> of he's, the group. He's uh, definitely into Pearl Jam and Nirvana. He's seen Alice in Chains twice. No, no, no. Uh, he's more of a club right. He's more Chemical Brothers, dude. Oh, okay. Like, right. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, also 1998 tribal tattoos. Yes, we're a thing, but can I just say they look fucking fantastic on Wesley Snipes with his cool little cutout haircut and like, yes, it still does it for me. Oh, full stop. You know, that's another thing that's awesome, Case, that you just made me think of with the haircut. His outfit. I love Blade's outfit in this, and it does like a comic book outfit without feeling over too the top. cheesy and over the top. Yeah. It does. You know, he's got the, the full length floor length leather duster <laughs> the which matrix is, duster yeah the yes. matrix du- i i mean we should call it a blade duster this came out a we year should. earlier right that's yeah true. That's wachowski true. siblings first. bitch yeah we've got we've got the floor length leather duster which is dumb but kind of like the man walks around with a sword he needs a big <laughs> cover yes he can't carry a purse so cape it is right he's got the the body armor um which just looks awesome right yeah they've got cool like Kevlar looking chest plates and a couple of buckles in front and when he takes the coat off it's it's sleeveless and he you know is badass fucking 1998 Wesley Snipes immediately when I looked at the leather pants I was like I bet you none of this is wardrobe and it was just shit from his closet because he's Wesley Snipes (laughs) and he's a fucking millionaire in the 90s this is when you could wear, I mean, like, he looked like he could have just popped his shirt off. When they took his shirt off and were torturing him, he looked like he was in a 112 video with the fucking oh, yeah. leather pants. Yeah. I'm just like, if he starts singing, my panties are off and across the room. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. So, let me give you a hot take. There is potentially one other person. I mean, I've obviously signaled my love for Wesley Snipes, but there's potentially one other person that I think could have played Blade, and it is the the alternative universe Blade that I want to see, and that's Michael Jai White. Yes. Yeah, but okay. You just want black dynamite killing vampires. Yes, yes, what I do. I'm hearing. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's not It's not really Blade. I just want black dynamite killing vampires. Right. Steven Dorff, <laughs> you ain't shit. <laughs> I mean, can I propose a better solution? Sure. Black Dynamite and Blade. Oh, yeah, the crossover They would never get, you can't have two alphas. Yes. Stop it, Casey. Don't ruin my dreams. I want this. You can't. If Blade and Batman can team up to fight Dracula, then Blade and Black Dynamite can team up to fight Ronald Reagan. again. No, it's got to be Ronald Reagan. He's a he's an overlord. No, it's just going to be Stephen Dorff. Yeah, I really I just want it to be Stephen Dorff again. I love Stephen Dorff as the villain in this. Oh, movie. my God. I think yes. he is absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yes. Yeah. He oh, he's not too broody. He but he he's moody and he 
Um, can I just say, and and this is something I I kind of miss. I love the badass smoking. He smokes a bunch. If I were a vampire, I'd absolutely smoke all the absolutely. fucking time because I look cool. Right. You can't eat. Right. Yeah. And he looks cool as fuck doing it. And he even does the like smoking in inappropriate places and not caring because he's a badass. I fucking love that shit. It's great. And this is something I'm going to say a lot because it's one of the things that makes this such a good movie for me. Blade is very dumb. Like the plot of the movie is very, very dumb. And the movie knows that. And Steven Dorff's character in particular is aware that the plot he's enacting is very dumb, but he still <laughs> takes it seriously and just moves the fuck on very quickly. Yes, he's very professional about it. Do you yeah. have any fucking idea what the threat of the blood god is at any point in this fucking movie? No. no. Because it doesn't matter. Right. It's just an excuse for Wesley Snipes to fight Steven Dorff. Right. It's going to do a big bad thing. So they never bother slowing down to explain to you what the threat is because they know like you all care. the rivers are going to turn to blood and babies are going to be blood clots. And then like they don't <laughs> threaten anything. It's just like, oh, my big brother's coming over and you're going to be in a lot of fucking trouble when he gets here. Right. Like right. no specifics. Like, okay. Is that a good thing? No, it's not. a. It's not a good thing. And I'm not defending it as a good movie, but it does make for a good character feature of Blade himself. We just need a good villain to oppose him. And I'm going to say it off. does make it a good movie because so many times when they build up a big bad guy and say, oh, he can do this, he can do this, he can do this. And when he doesn't try any of that during the main fight, you're kind of disappointed. So I'm going to compare Blade to like a Hitchcock masterpiece where they don't ever really show <laughs> the monster to build the tension. They don't yeah, tell you what's gotcha. going to happen when he shows up. Just shit's going to be fucked. You figure it out. <laughs> They do say that he's going to, it's supposed to turn like everybody pretty much into vampires somehow through whatever. The blood god thing is, as Dave said, just there to create opposition for Blade, for him to have somebody badass to fight and for us as the audience to give to someone to hate. And it's, you can hate Steven Dorff, but not in the way that maybe like last week, right? Where you had Bozo and Slug who are just <laughs> hateable because there's nothing redeemable about them. Instead... We hate Steven Dorff's character, Deacon Frost, because he's an evil bad guy, but he's an interesting and charismatic evil bad guy. Do not lump me in the hating Steven Dorff part. <laughs> I love Steven Dorff. I love how, like, fuck your traditions, fuck your pressure from dead people. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring back the blood god. We're going to wear sunscreen. I'm curious if this has anything to do with that fucking sunscreen. wear your sunscreen graduation song Fuck. that was super popular Fucking. in 1998. I'm oh, sure but that's not, a side but... thread. We are in the MTV generation. Yes, I'm sure it did have something to do with it. Anyway, big sunscreen is who's pulling all the strings. Anyway, oh. his secret power to, to temporarily daywalk is to just slather himself like a first time mom does her children by the pool. <laughs> of just slather himself in SPF 9000 so he can fuck about, choke little school kids and throw them through hot dog stands into the street, which God bless a villain that isn't afraid to throw a child in the street in front of a bus. In front of a bus. God, yes, and I uh, that's another scene that I absolutely love about this movie because that idea that a vampire can just put on sunscreen and go outside temporarily is right. so 
fucking stupid. So stupid. But Blade and Steven Dorff both take it seriously and move yep. the yes. fuck on. Can you imagine the jokes a modern Marvel movie would crack about oh my that God. shit? Also, right. he should have had sunglasses on. I Because totally. his eyes would have been burning. Right. But the point is that they just, they don't ever stop to explain why it works or make like a, we got special sunscreen, right? They're just like, I put sunscreen on and you're like, okay, okay I guess. That's dumb, but let's continue. <laughs> well, because here's why, because they show it's not just sunlight that will burn them. It's also any UV light. So yeah, they have a yeah, UV lantern yeah. that uh, Whistler gives to Blade and Karen to go extract information about the blood god shit. And they they reach this big, fat, bedridden vampire, my 600-pound life vampire. Named Pearl. I, it's the this, fat, nerdy tech Pearl that is so fat that it can't move. This scene fucked me up as a kid. I hated this scene because he's just very gross. And they burn him so he looks like a big, fat pizza. Because they just keep hitting <laughs> him with the light. And he's like... And like high pitched screaming, it is. He looks like Baron Harkonnen got a kind C plus plus degree or certification <laughs> onto a bed to do computer things. Uh, it's real gross. It and I don't know. They do enough of like the Blade suffers from a lot of speeding up footage, and they do that while they're torturing him, and it kind of works, making him like works. supernaturally jerky, and ugh, I just don't like it. I don't like it. It doesn't age super well, but just my my personal feelings about it still say the same. I fucking hate that scene. I don't know. So it's all practical effects. I struggle to say that it doesn't age well because it maybe doesn't look in the same way that we might expect special effects to look today, but because it's all practical effects, and it's done in that particular way that it is. It's uncomfortable to watch. It yeah. makes me like the, the horror vibes that it hits are really excellent. And it makes me uncomfortable. And when they're torturing Pearl by just flashing the UV light and frying him, I'm genuinely anxious and uncomfortable by that scene. I just realized vampires can only get acrylic. They can't get the gel because you have <laughs> to have true. your fingers and toes under a uv lamp uh, yeah nope yeah. I know that for them yeah I, I will say the one thing that i i think isn't necessarily that it hasn't aged well but is a little bit weird about the pearl scene is that uh karen the uh the love interest so to speak of the film is the one who ultimately kills pearl with the uv lamp yeah and we haven't gotten a whole lot of character to development at that point to explain why she's suddenly so ready to murk this fat vampire. So no, I she's disagree. pissed off. I disagree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Karen's arc is also excellent. That's another thing that yeah. I think Blade fucking nails because Karen's arc is that she gets infected and she realizes that she possibly only has a few days to live and she goes full off into badass mode. She works to solve her own hematology and is like ready to get fucking vengeance on vampires. She kind of goes through the stages of grief for a second because at first she's like, oh, poor me. Oh, fuck. I'm scared. And then finally she's like, no, fuck this. Fuck this. I'm going to be dead in two days anyway. I'm going to kill every motherfucker I can who made me like this. Yeah. And it fucking, she hits hard. And I feel it, man. I feel it. I don't think this movie passes the Bechdel test, but I would say that she is a pretty well-written 
character of just, and she gets to kill her fucking thirsty ass ex boyfriend. Yes, yes, sis. she does. Yes, she yes. Does. Karen at one time yells at Deacon that he's nothing more than an STD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, I love her character. She's great. I Me love too. Karen. Me too. She's the shit. I do also love Blade's uh, interpretation of the vampire mythos and what they bring in and what they don't. Uh, you know, they, they call out that like crosses won't do anything, which is something right. that had come up in the writer's room when somebody was like, well, what happens if a Jewish guy gets turned? Why would a cross <laughs> do anything to him? It's like, I'm so an I, atheist. I'm Jew by blood only. I love this. Uh, I love the idea that you have this like old underground vampire culture that exists in the shadows of the human society. Coven. Yeah. Yes. Like the masquerade. Right, the the masquerade. Yeah, I love that shit. It's a great yes. element of vampires. Yeah, and then having the Deacon Frost and the younger vampires that the you know American want to treat ones. the humans as cattle, and they don't want to enforce the masquerade, and they want to come out of the shadows. It builds in a great tension automatically and a great threat. You don't even really need the blood god. It can just be Deacon wanting to come out and you know eat people publicly, and it still works. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. They could have made the plot, I guess, a little less ridiculous. Uh, one of the few things I think of classic vampires vampire mythology that we do retain for the blade mythos that I absolutely love and that I think so many other vampire movies fuck up. One of my core tenets of vampires, vampires must be horny, but they must be uncomfortably horny. If anyone is turned on, you've done it wrong. Yeah, Mormon horny. And You've Blade, been reading too much Anne Rice, Dave. No, no, I am not. No. Because Anne Rice, Anne Rice is not uncomfortably horny. Anne Rice is what? borderline romance novels. Blade's weird oh. incestual shit with his mother is uncomfortably horny. The minute yes. and a half long fang fuck at the end of this movie when Blade drinks Karen's blood is uncomfortably horny. Oh my God, yeah, it is. Wow. A minute and a half. Traditional script writing dictates that you have roughly one page per minute of screen time. That means someone describes for a page and a half <laughs> how Blade drank Karen's blood as she whispers, don't stop. Uh, did, yeah. did you get have it, the captions on? Because she's whispering don't stop throughout that whole scene. It's, it's so uncomfortably horny. Don't stop, I, Wesley, drink it. I, he will. I don't... I don't like it as like a possible rape metaphor either. I just don't like it. Nope. You're right, Dave. It no, makes I hated me super all of it. fucking uncomfortable. It's like time to check Instagram. <laughs> I ah! don't want this. And like this is not even like particularly like deep insight on the vampire mythos. They have no. always nope. been no. a sexual allegory thing. So having that element brought into it, I think really helps push them as predators as opposed to just threats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, one of the things about Stephen Dorff's performance that I really thought about is he, he's kind of like a cracked out or a coked out um, uh, Lestat. I would say crystal meth Lestat. Crystal meth Lestat, <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's 1998. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I feel like the weird sexual energy and the super ego and all of the... Uh, the kind no of one can manic, kill me. Right, right. The kind right. of like manic moodiness that he has. I throw kids. <laughs> <laughs> and to the Anne Rice point, I guess I, to be fair, sometimes Anne Rice is just normal horny and not uncomfortable horny. She's but flowery like, horny. Right. Look at Interview with a Vampire. You know, one of her absolute best works and looking at the movie specifically, all the horny <laughs> in that is uncomfortable horny. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially it, it, when it's a ten-year-old yeah. pretending to be in like a forty-year-old woman in the prime sexual time of her life. Right. Ugh. It is. It, it just contributes to the sort of like uncomfortable othering of the vampires and just puts you in this weird spot with them. And I think that's really important to vampires as predators is having that element in there. Another thing that I think Blade does well in the the vampire mythos is establishing an interesting tradition. And they have like the vampire Bible, which uh, Blade comes upon these huge sheets hanging in um in like hyperbaric chambers right it looked and like the korean museum we went to it did where they had did. all of that and i love that i'm a trash can for that shit like give yes. me old legends and prophecies and and all of this stuff and yes yes also i love that he comes home with a one burnt to fuck corner a piece of paper these are six foot long scrolls three feet yeah. wide and there are hundreds of them Blade comes home to Whistler with one corner. He's like, hey, I happened to find this when I was fucking everything up. And he's like, Whistler eyes it and is like, yeah, it says something about blood gods, Stephen Dwarf, be there at eight. I don't know. I'll try to analyze it. Like, they literally got all the information. It's taken Stephen Dwarf years to analyze. And Whistler just was on like, yeah, I had a cousin who uh, used to he used to date a girl from a place like this. So I know how to read it. Yeah, it's it, it 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 is a myth that none of the vampires believe in, and that Stephen Dorff has apparently been spending decades trying to figure out how to resurrect. Right, and then Whistler looks at three square inches and go, "Oh yeah, the Harry Krishnas are passing these out every weekend at the fucking airport." <laughs> it's dumb. The movie doesn't really care. It just nope. puts it in there and moves the fuck on. Yep. It's great. Yep. I adore it. I adore it. Maybe one of the the cheesier elements of Blade. In the, the quote-unquote, I guess, part of the vampire stuff is that um, obviously these vampires are into finance and the corporate world and quote-unquote infiltrated. I don't know if they infiltrated or they just are CEOs. They seem indistinguishable to me. But they do have a giant, dark, no-window, granite boardroom that is 150 feet by like 100 feet wide and it's 200 feet tall these huge cathedral ceilings and in the middle middle there's a long rectangular table that everybody sits at and it is just perfect oh yeah it's classic evil villain boardroom right yes it's so good i've been to that wedding reception the the set design throughout this movie in general is fantastic and i love all of the like the vampire clubs um the the vampire compounds it does a really good job of making them feel powerful and just ridiculously well funded and like they're everywhere around you it's it's so fucking good i think it was worse because of the neck tattoos everybody had signaling like what vampire guild they belong to but also human humans had them like that's what was scary is that they employed humans as like hey you might be a vampire if you go kill this guy for me and also work security at my daughter's wedding like i like that part because she's like well why do i have to worry it's not nighttime and they had a vampire cop like a cop could be crooked. Yeah, he's an errand boy for Deacon. Yeah, that's another uh, vampire trope that I really enjoy, right? The ghouls or the thralls, the um, quasi-vampire characters that that uh, vampire will uh, have in their employ. I 
love that trope because I think it works really well. It also creates an interesting like hierarchy of villains for the superhero to kill his way through. I I love that. Yeah, you know, it's it's good to have a threat during the six to twelve hours a day that the sun's out. So right. like it's nice right. to add in that extra layer there. And it does kind of help to explain like, wait, how can these people be so embedded within every layer of society when they can't participate during anything at during off like they can't go to a bank. Right. The banks aren't open when they can be outside. So right. how does this work? I think another thing that Blade does that current Marvel movies could take a, a note from is the way that it does its action combat because its action combat is not the most amazing I've ever seen. No. But it's fucking solid. And no. like I don't know about you guys, but my favorite fight in this scene is Blade in the hallway at the end where he fights the duo uh, <gasps> with the blades. And it's the first yeah. time that he uses the anticoagulant to explode them. But he's fighting them in a hallway with a katana and a mm -hmm. gun and they've got shock sticks and it is a fun martial arts fight. Yes. Is it the best? No, but is it fun? No. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. The set fucking slaps. The fight looks good. The shots are solid. Yeah. Sometimes I recognize Wesley Snipes' stunt double. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Many, many times. Um, so first of all, Blade uses a Chinese straight sword. Uh, oh. Steven Dorff uses the katana. Thank you. Which Thank you. appears out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> He saw that Blade had one, though. He was Blade upset. He really knew a lot about his son. He was always watching from afar. So, like, that warms my heart. But he knew he was going to have to sword fight him. Oh, and yeah, also, quick aside, we need to talk about Blade's straight sword. It has a little timer on it that if you touch it and you don't unhook the timer, these four or three or four prongs will come out and cut your fucking hand off. And it's glorious. Oh, we get to yeah. see it happen several times and it never gets old. The first time that pays off is brilliant when it blows the fucking vampire's like hand and part of his forearm off. I love that every time. Yes. It, it's it's excellent. So the real reason why Steven Dorff has a katana that appears out of nowhere is that when they first made this movie, when Steven Dorff summons the blood god, he just turns into a mass of CGI blood and that's what Blade fights. Ew. And they did a test screening and people fucking hated it. Because it probably looked terrible. It was it, 1998. I'm sure it looked terrible. Yes. So they went back and they refilmed and that's where we got the sword fight. But I love this implication that there's a scene somewhere of Steven Dorff after one of the earlier encounters with Blade just sitting in the back of his blacked out car going, fucking Blade thinks he's so fucking cool with a fucking sword. I could have a fucking sword. Quinn, get me a fucking sword. <laughs> I'm getting a fucking sword at this next fight, Quinn. <laughs> he's not the only one. I can have I a sword, that's too. exactly how it happened. <laughs> That's how it goes down in my head, Cannon. Boss, you could just get a gun. I don't want a fucking gun. I want a sword. <laughs> yeah, I the the action scenes in this movie, as you said, are not like technically that great. They no. are no. mostly just hero poses with some swishy swishy between them. Yeah. Yeah. Love to see it though. But they do a good job of using that to show the threat of the vampires and Blade and kind of implying the strength of them. Like I mentioned earlier, there's some wire work in this movie that is not 
clean or good wire work necessarily. And the scene in the hospital at the beginning when he throws Karen out a window is one of the scenes where it doesn't really work because it just it breaks your understanding of physics. And it's immediately obvious that like, hey, she's still a a human that wouldn't work that way. But he threw her Why is she traveling in a perfectly straight line stiffly? (laughs) But when Blade does like a leaping flip at the end of the movie and it's clearly wire work, it works to imply his vampiric strength and agility and everything else. So I I enjoy how that all kind of comes together in those final fight scenes. All right. We could fight all day about what the best fight scenes are in this movie because there's like over 10. But Dave, I need to know, 1998's Blade, (laughs) would you watch it again? Obviously. I have no idea how many times I've seen this movie. That's <laughs> fucking if wild. you had to guess, if you had to guess. Two dozen, at least. Wow. Absolutely. That's lower than I thought it was. It's probably quite a bit more than that. Um, but that's like the minimum that I know I've truly been like sitting there watching it. Um, but in my defense, there was a time when I owned like nine movies total. And this was yeah. one of them. So yeah, children, you have no idea how bad things were. You really don't. <laughs> But even if I had owned more, I think I still would have fallen in love with this movie. It uh, Mm -hmm. granted for me being born in 1985, this came out at just the right time to enrapture me with a style that no one should have ever loved. But I do. It has the best interpretation of grimdark superhero. It's uh, an interpretation that we really haven't gotten since then because nobody's willing. I look, I love Deadpool. I love Ryan Reynolds sexuality in a superhero movie doesn't just have to mean pegging jokes. You can do shit with it to actually imply the threat of the villains. And they nailed that here. I absolutely love this movie. So yeah, I'm definitely going to watch Blade again later this week. (laughs) Jay, how about you? I know you saw this in theaters, so the answer is probably not going to be a surprise from you either. But 1998, Wesley Snipes starring as Blade. Would you watch it again? Oh man! So my first exposure to Blade, I think, was through the Spider-Man cartoon, and I I read a few comics with him, but mostly like stuff that that Blade was an extra character in. And then watching this movie, I was floored. I love, I absolutely love everything about Blade. It's it has great characters. It's fun. There's fantastic action it moves pretty quickly i uh, the first like hour just is almost perfect it gets a little sloppy in the second half but i don't mind it because everybody's having so much fun and i'm having fun i've watched it maybe not as many times as dave but definitely more than double digits so yes i will be watching blade again because i fucking love this movie casey what about you two out of three of us are gonna watch blade again but would you watch it again Motherfucker, what? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to watch this again. I'm not going to pretend I'm not going to. This movie doesn't feel like two hours. It is a nonstop roller coaster ride. I love it. The in-between, like, the air quotes establishing shots are shot like a Goo Goo Dolls video, like, where they have the sped up going from (laughs) day to night, and like, I don't want the world to see me. (laughs) It's peak... 90s. Uh, This has nothing to do whether I'd watch it again. No, I mean, it does. It does help me want to watch it again. Wesley Snipes' shoulders, I want to be fucking crushed in his 
arms like an egg. He looks He's great built different. His fucking shoulders. I don't understand. So yes, and that offer still stands. If Wesley Snipes, if you ever had a homicidal urge, kill me. Um, yeah, I would watch it again. And an unsurprising three out of three would watch it again. What a verdict. What a movie. God bless Blade Month. So I'm so excited for so this. Good. Unsurprisingly, next week we'll be watching Blade 2 starring Wesley Snipes. What are you doing here? Hey! Just, you know what's coming the whole rest of the month. So, in the meantime, follow us on social Facebook at sh.ttycinema. Instagram at Casey.cinema, Patreon slash Shitty Cinema, or ShittyCinema.com. Check the description below if you didn't catch all that. And if you want to help us out, give us a thumbs up on Facebook and share this podcast with friends. Now, in the meantime, let's turn out the lights, put on some sunscreen, catch a kid, throw a kid. Now! Yeah! Huh?